welcome to Not Your Mama's Relief Society. I'm Annie Joy. And I'm Julie Swazo. We are on a mission to build a kinder Zion by living the doctrine and not the culture. Join us for today's conversation because there's always room on the pew for you. All right, friends, welcome back. We're so excited to have Stephanie back to continue her conversion story. We just needed another episode. We needed more about her story and about what happened once she got baptized. So, Stephanie, welcome back. Hi, Steph. Hi. Lucky to everyone, lucky to everyone who's in the podcast world that gets to listen to this back to back because Annie and I have now had to had to wait, you know, about a week to get all of the juicy details of the of the baptism. So I'm excited. Yeah. And you guys get to just binge. So you're lucky. I love it. That's a very good point, Julie. Very good point. Okay. So we left off like baptism day. So talk to us about the baptism and then like, yeah, let's go from there because you said your family hadn't found out yet. Right. Right. So they still didn't know. So at that point I was, so I like to say for my, well, my first year I was a secret Mormon, but it took me 30 days to get baptized. So karma invites me over to the prayer at her house. They invite me to church. I get the prophecy from my friend's dad. I go to the church. I like everything they're saying. I agree to take missionary lessons. And then um, 30 days after the lessons, uh, I'm ready to get baptized. So this is April 2012. Um, What was that like internally, though? I mean, did it feel like a natural progression? Was there a moment? I mean, I know you felt like it was it was right. And this is what you were supposed to be doing. But obviously you have this dichotomy of like who you've been raised to be and the things you've known. I'm just wondering if like your brain, just like you went, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm making the choice or if like the accumulation of all of it. I just, I'm curious about, yeah. Like how the the missionary discussions went. Oh yeah. Okay. So, so my life was full of like either visiting mega churches or going to the bars or going to AA. And I just felt like I was losing my mind. Like I was dying, like I was in going insane. And um, <laughs> the only time I felt safe and sane was hanging out with the Mormons. But a part of me felt like I was doing something wrong because I'm not allowed to, even though I'm 29, I still mentally feel like a kid. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, uh, but I just felt sane with them. I felt safe with them. I felt peace with them. Um, every time Carmen invited me over, I thought, yeah, I can go with her. I can go to the bar. I could go home and be sad again. Like there really was no, it's like, I'm either going to die doing the things the way I'm doing them. or I'm going to try this new thing, you know? And, um, and so she would invite me to lessons and I would sneak over there, you know, I would, cause I was living with my parents and I didn't want to offend them. So I would just say, I'm going to a friend's house and bring my daughter with me. And then my daughter would play with her kids. And then I would take the lessons. Okay. So I remember the first time I sat with them, you know, she invited me over. They gave me the lesson manual, the gospel principles. And I'm sitting with them and I'm looking at it and it's pictures of Jesus. And I'm flipping through and I'm thinking, oh, these all make sense. These all make the Bible make sense. The, the lessons of Adam and Eve and things. Because I had never heard the Eve story either about how she had to choose to, I don't know. You know, the Mormon's perspective on Eve, how she chose the right by needing to. Yeah, that it wasn't part of the fall from grace. It was. Right. It was like good. It was not like a a necessary choice. Right. Right. We're like other churches believe in like original sin. Is that what it's called? Yes. That we're all born sinners and and we need to be saved by Jesus. So I remember sitting down with them and what first comes to my mind is here I am sitting in front of missionaries. I need to tell them all the reasons why they're not Christians and how they contradict the Bible because that's the only thing my brain is filled with. But mentally I said to myself, I already know what I think they know and that doesn't help me. So I'm going to be quiet and I'm actually going to listen to them tell me what they know from their own mouth, you know? Yeah. It was like a significant turning point. I had to like silence my gut instinct to just, you know, bark at them what I was trained to say and to just listen, you know. Yeah. And so they started talking and just everything they talked about was what I was praying about. Like I can't even remember it all. I should have written it down at the time, but it's like whatever I prayed in secret, that's what they were teaching that day. Or they would say, What do you want to know? And then I would ask and then they would tell me. And they just had all these answers that just fixed my life they asked me you know uh we would like you to prepare to get baptized and um 
would you like to get baptized? And I was thinking, yes, I would like to get baptized. Um, but my family's not going to like it, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I said, well, you need to stop drinking. You need to stop, um, you know, you need to follow the law of chastity. You need to do all these things, stop drinking coffee. And I drink coffee all the time because it was free at the hospitals. So I would drink it, I just refill it and refill it and refill it. It was like my coping mechanism with anxiety, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and all my life, my mom made it. So it just reminded me of home and I don't know, it just was my escape, but then it made me not hungry because it curbed your appetite. And so then I wasn't eating. And then, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. He's like, you know, you just need to have 10 days and then you can start meeting with the bishop. So he set me up with meetings with the bishop and I started meeting with this really kind man every week. And, um, it was like the first healthy interaction I had with, um, like a father figure. Like I love my dad, my dad loves me, but we didn't have like one-on-ones where we talked about how I was doing in life. It was more of just, Hey Steph, love you. Pray for you. See you next time. How you doing? I'm blessed. I'm proud of you. You know, it just was really, um, surfacey sort of, you know? Yeah. So when I met with this Bishop, I got to tell him like all the highs, all the lows, everything I was struggling with. And he was like, you know, I, I'm just a bishop. I love you and I love the gospel, but I can't really help you with the serious issues. Like we can pay, the church can pay for you to go to uh, therapy if you would like, because I was, I didn't have insurance or money to pay for it. So he paid for me to go to therapy and that was really helpful because, you know, yeah, there's just some things you can't just pray away. Like you need tools, you need Mm -hmm. specialists, you need trained professional help sometimes, you know? And that was one thing you felt like you were lacking in, even when you went to your dad, like, what do I do? What do I do? And there wasn't really like a a tangible answer along with spiritual answers. So that's pretty awesome that you got that too. Yeah. Yes. It was so helpful. So I got to meet with this bishop. He would sing hymns with me and pray with me and just write, ask me about myself, write down my name, my favorite ice cream, what my daughter's name was my daughter's favorite ice cream. They just really got to know us. Um, I felt connected, you know, uh, and then that, that therapy was just serious help. I really needed that because it's kind of like you're teaching a man instead of giving him in a fish, you're teaching him in a fish. Like they were setting me up to be successful lifelong, you know, Yeah. they weren't just trying to get me baptized and now I'm Mormon and I pay tithe. It's like, this is going to help you forever to heal whatever it is inside that is making you stumble, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, And eventually I finished school and got health insurance and now I'm in therapy and I pay for it myself. You know, it's not like they do it forever for you. They just help you through. And I liked that too. They helped me with the Bishop Storehouse too, food as a single mom. And um, it just was so beautiful. They just met all my needs. So back to the meeting with the missionaries, we signed up to get baptized. I decided I'm going to keep it a secret. Um, So every Sunday I am trying to sneak off with my daughter to this Mormon church. It's just beautiful. It's like, they love Jesus. They're singing about beautiful things. Everyone's dressed modestly. All the men are kind. I walked out into the foyer and I saw five men. I remember I had to get a drink in the middle of the service. I walked into the foyer. I saw five men in the foyer or the lobby with five different infants. They each have their own infant and they're holding it while their wives are sitting in this. And I'm just like, wow why are we told women are oppressed and that the men just make the women do everything? Like, so I was told that Mormons do. And, but here I'm seeing that all these men are helping. Like, it's just, it was beautiful and it was different than I expected. It sounds like to me, it was more of a slow process for you to unwind some of the things that you had been taught as a child, which I think we all do that. Right. Like, I think I've even had to still unwind some of the like, untrue things that I interpreted as a young person, even with the gospel. So like, and I think all of us do that. So I'm, I'm thinking that that's kind of how a lot of your conversion went was sort of a slow unwind of like, no, this feels good. It doesn't feel wrong. It feels good. So tell us a little bit about like you say, I want to know the missionary's reaction when you're like, okay, I'm ready. Oh yeah. So it also helped too. So while the missionaries were teaching me, I said, you know, I really don't want to hurt your feelings, but my dad wrote this book and I really need you to go through every single chapter or every single point with me and explain to me how he's not right. You know, oh, yeah, I, love I that really respected my dad's opinion, you know, and I sent Annie pictures of the, the chapters this weekend, but, um, you know, oh, it was so cool. Like 
his book he was in a band like she showed me pictures of him in the band and like music they played and I mean her dad oh. was obviously an incredible human so it was yeah. it was really cool yeah. he was so yeah. cool <laughs> so they uh I I Karma's husband Jared was like, hey, it doesn't offend me. Let's go ahead and go through the book. Let's go through it point by point. And he was super respectful and kind. He's like, oh, yeah, I can see why your dad thinks that. Here, this is why we think this. And then he would show me in the Bible, you know, where Mormons got it. So it was very, it was awesome. Because he wasn't saying, oh, your dad's dumb and wrong. He was like, I totally see why your dad thinks that. And let me share you why we think that. Yeah, it was an intellectual exercise for him. Like, I like that. Yeah, Yeah, because I think that there's lots of values in the way that every like other people see things. And I think if we don't, we don't need to feel offended, especially if we, you know, feel like we have truth to share. There shouldn't be an offense of like questioning or looking at things. So I love that. Right. And I love the and totally like, yeah, I can understand this. And here's some other things to think about. Like, I'm so happy you met like such great Mormons. (laughs) I, I don't know if all Mormons you would have met would have. And I should say a Latter-day Saints, yes. um, not Mormons. <laughs> That's but, <me>. Sorry. <laughs> no, I did all the time. No, but like, I'm so glad you met people that were so good about that. That like, were so respectful. They lived the values that really, you know, were able to do that for you. Like, again, it just speaks to that divine intervention of, of all the Mormons you can meet. You meet one named Karma. You meet these people who like really epitomize this, you know, ideal Mormon family. Right. And, and, and lots of families are not ideal and there's all kinds of things, but because that they are living in this way and they're being so respectful and so kind, like that's exactly what you needed to help you unwind all those things. Cause of course you want to like, please your family. And of course you want like your parents approval, like everybody does, right? you know? And so to like have these conflicting feelings of like, Oh, my entire worldview and my religious worldview is being turned upside down and I like what I'm seeing but oh my goodness like that's such a huge flip so to have someone like lovingly guide you through that process that's really incredible yeah and I just kept thinking you know you'll know them by their fruits you'll know them by their fruits so even when I didn't join yet or believe yet or like my brain still was filled with all these anti-Mormon things I just kept like I kept feeling pulled there. Like, I want to be around these people. You'll know them by their fruits and their fruit are so good. And yeah. this can't be Satan's church. Satan wouldn't want me to be sober and chaste and have a happy family. And and I thought of that verse where the girl was like, these people will be my people and their God, my God. You know, do you remember yeah. that? Because I just thought I want to be with these people, these good people doing good things. It just, I and mean, I hadn't had it ironed out yet how it all made sense, but I want, I knew I wanted to be a part of them. Um, when I was in AA too, the sponsor was like, now watch everybody get up and share their testimonies. And everyone is so different, but recognize the people that, um, that you can see yourself becoming like, you know, so like some people get up and they just are covered in tattoos and totally new age. I'm like, Oh, I like them, but I can't, I I don't really feel like I speak that language sort of. And then I'd see like the clean cut Mormon people get up like, Oh yeah, I can kind of see myself doing that. You know, everyone's just a little different. And they're yeah. not bad. They're just all different. It's like, which one do you identify with? Like, they're the LGBTQ yeah. get up. I'm like, oh, okay, they're cool too, but I don't, I don't fit into that world. You know, like it just, everyone's just different going through different experiences, you know? Right. right. So I just thought I belong with these people. These are such good people. And then Jared uh, organized or he, he ironed out every single point. Like, okay, this is why we think there's a preexistence. It says he knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. But the Christians interpret that as, no, he just could see the future and he knew about you before you existed. And I'm like, okay, so we see why they can both interpret that same scripture differently. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. thought, well, Jesus, if God is as good as we say he is, he's not going to throw us into hell because, oh, you imagined we existed before and you imagined we didn't. And so one of you are wrong. And so half of you go to hell. Like it just didn't make sense to me. Right. Anyway, I decided like every time I'm with these people, I start to grow up. I start to feel sane. I start to, um, all the depression melts away. Like even just, just imagining that we were existed before. And I know my mom said, that's not true. We are not. But, um, I just didn't feel depressed anymore. I felt excited to get up and I'm like, wow, to have like a total shift. It was like, I took an antidepressant (laughs) to like have this new idea. My brain started to think outside of this very small box it was put in. 
And I think it just started to help my right brain and my creativity come alive, you know, like, oh, there could be more than just the New and Old Testament, you know, God can be doing more things outside of it. And I started to imagine things. And, and I just thought, even if this is not true, like evangelicals are telling me this is blasphemy and it can't be true. The father and the son are not separate and we did not exist before we came and we don't need temples anymore. And that made my brain very small and very depressed and believing differently opened my brain. I was not depressed anymore. And I thought, Oh my gosh, this, these teachings are making me feel hopeful and excited and alive. And I don't want to die anymore. And I think that God would be happy that I'm surviving so I can take care of my child than wanting to die, trying to keep my brain in this very small box, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and I love the way the Mormons talked about other religions because I remember one Mormon girl invited me over for FHE and they, uh, she was talking about how beautiful Catholicism was. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I love how well you speak of other religions. Cause my grandma's Catholic and my mom was raised Catholic and, And then uh, another Mormon said, it's beautiful that your dad went from RLDS to Christian because the RLDS was stripping away the truths and he still held on to Jesus. And think of all the hundreds of thousands of people he led to Jesus, even though like the RLDS church told him the Book of Mormon wasn't true because they had to denounce it for government funding and they became the community of Christ, I think. Yeah. So like they just spun it all good. And I thought, now this is the heart of Jesus. He would be spinning everything good. He wouldn't be saying, <laughs> what does that religion have wrong? He would be saying, what's the good they have? You know, and like, cause even in the Bible, he, the, the apostles were like, Oh Lord, Lord, they're casting out demons in your name or whatever. And he said, well, if they're not against us, they're for us, let them be, you know, it's like, yeah, it, it just, I really like believing well of all the religions. And I tell that to my kids now, cause we've got, evangelicals and catholics on my side we've got 90 percent mormon 10 percent ex-mormons some some new age or some lgbtq everything is a mixture everywhere you know right well they're all just different vocabularies they're all trying to make sense of their life's experience and whichever one makes the most sense to you and is bringing you closer to love and forgiveness and freedom and kindness then that's okay start learning you know my um my ex-husband's mom was mormon too and she came to my dad's Christian church to watch her son get baptized. Cause when her, my ex-husband and I were having problems and he's like, I'm sorry, I'll change. I'll have your dad baptize me. He got baptized by my dad. And she came and she's like, this is a wonderful place to start learning about Jesus. And when they came in, the pastor was talking anti-Mormon things from the pulpit. And I was like, great. What terrible timing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it just, I just like how, it, it wasn't like, oh, evangelicals have the wrong church. It was, what a great place to start learning. You need how Mormons say, take what you have and see if we can add to it. If it makes sense, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I said, missionaries, please tell me that this church is true. I need you to tell me because my dad's sure it's not true. And I want to believe it's true, but I need you to tell me it's true because I love my dad. I respect my dad. He is faithful to my mom, doesn't drink alcohol, tithes, doesn't drink coffee, like <laughs> speaks in tongues, writes books. He loves Jesus. And he says, this isn't true. So I need you to tell me it's true. And he's like, well, we don't, we can't tell you that. The Heavenly Father tells you himself. Like you ask the questions and when you feel like you've been answered and you feel like this is the choice you want to make, then you can join us when you're ready. Like there is no urgency. Like they're not trying to yank me into being Mormon immediately. It's like, it's all in God's timing. And I thought, oh, this is so nice. (laughs) Yeah. Um. But everything they taught me just made perfect sense. It just made the Bible make more sense. And I really wanted to get baptized. I knew these were good people. I wanted to be like them. I wanted to be a part of them. They had wholesome recreational activities. I could bring my daughter to everything. There was no alcohol. There were kids. It was safe. It just was like heaven. Every time I snuck away from my parents' house to secretly join heaven. (laughs) Secretly join heaven. Yeah. And so I got, I said, okay, I'll get baptized. It just has to be a secret. Don't tell anybody, you know? And Mm -hmm. um, so they scheduled the baptism and 50 people showed up that I didn't know. No one I knew knew. I did invite one of my sister-in-laws and she came because she was raised Mormon. So my ex-husband was raised Mormon, but when I met him, he wasn't. So we just never talked about Mormonism the five years we were married. And um, my ex-in-laws were Mormon, but they never talked to me about it either because they knew about my dad's book. So it's like, I didn't see it. I joined the church two years later and um, after I divorced their son. So she came and that was nice. And I had one other friend that was a Mormon that said she would keep it a secret and came. <laughs> like every Sunday, 
my daughter and I would wake up early and I would get us dressed and we would sneak off to church before my mom woke up because I knew that if she woke up, she would invite us to her church and I couldn't say no. So as long as we were gone out of the house before she woke up, that I could go to Karma's church. And uh, did she ask you where you went? Okay. So that's how I got found out. So every, <laughs> so I didn't want to lie. I didn't want to lie, but I just thought if I disappear, I never have to tell her the truth. So I got away with this for a whole year, for like 12 months. So by then, my feelings towards Mormons are totally different. I know Mormons are Christians. I know they believe in the Holy Ghost. I know they read the whole Bible. I know all these things. My mind has changed now from 29 years of anti to one year of like, oh my gosh, this is so Christian. This totally makes the Bible make sense. I love every piece of it. And then I come home and now my mom's still stuck in my mindset of a year ago, you know. She says, where did you go to church today? I said, I went with my friend, Karma. She's like, oh, what church? I'm like, oh, a Christian church. She's like, what What Christian church? I'm like, the Church of Jesus Christ. <laughs> she's, like, <laughs> she's like, so I'm trying so hard to not tell. She's like, the Mormon church? And she was so angry. And I was so scared because I, my mom is so nice. And I've never seen her angry. But she was angry. And you know how you said you want your parents' approval? And I just, totally. gosh, I felt like I was punched in the stomach. I've disappointed my mom. And I totally know what she thinks because a year ago I would have thought the same thing. But now I know totally different. But she hasn't had the year of training that I've just had, you know? Sure. Yeah. So she's like, well, she's like, did you like it? I was like, I loved it. (laughs) Did you like it? Your first time, yeah. (laughs) You're a year (laughs) in. I'm like, I loved it. They actually all believe in Jesus and they all believe in the Holy Ghost. And she's like, well, I'm sure there were a couple of Christians there. There are a couple of Christians in every religion. And I was like, oh, like if you only knew, but you'll never know because they'll never come over and see for themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. I was just so scared to say anything. And so I can't remember what happened next. I just little by little over the weeks I started did she tell your dad? Like, did your dad know it pretty immediately? Okay, no. So my dad found out a different way. Our family is very secretive. And my mom never tells my dad things she thinks might uh, disappoint him. <laughs> so she did not tell him that. And uh, she just got angry. And we started arguing. And, and she would tell me what she thought. And I was trying to tell her the opposite that I learned. Uh, but it just would always be fights. So this is how my dad found out. Every time I went to a missionary lesson or a church class, they would give us the books because I didn't have gospel tools on my phone yet. I had the physical books, you know, that they would yes. hand out. So I, I kept hiding them all under my seat in my car, like paraphernalia. <laughs> like, and so my car was filled with Mormon books and Mormon scriptures. And Mormon, Mormon paraphernalia. Handouts. Yes. <laughs> Mormon <laughs> paraphernalia, <laughs> illegal substances. <laughs> I know. Oh. And so of all the worst things I could be doing. Mormon was the worst I could do. And so they my dad had to borrow my car and and oh I had borrowed um the Doctrine and Covenant CDs collection from my ex mother in law and father in law. And so I had this big C D and I would play it and um anyway he borrowed my car and he press on the gas on the brake and then out flew the cds from under his feet <laughs> and, he, oh. and he found them and he came in and he was so angry and he's like stephanie what are these that i found in your car and i was like oh those are my ex-husbands <laughs> totally because they do belong to his family right and he's technically like, and he's like well doesn't he know that they're a cult he needs to read my book and he goes and gets his book and he hands it to me and i'm like yeah uh, okay, I'll give it to him. And I went into my room and I was just so scared and so disappointed. Like, you know, I went to nursing school and I talked to another girl who said, you know, I told her I want to be a Mormon and I'm secretly a Mormon and I've been going to this secret church secretly for a year and my family's finding out and they're so mad and maybe I just shouldn't be Mormon. It's just so hard. And um, she's like, Stephanie, your dad is a spiritual giant. Like he has his opinion. You just have to kind of keep it to yourself. Sort of like, you know, individuation or self-actualization. Like you got to grow up. You got to figure out what you believe before you start sparring with your dad. Like he knows what he believes. You have to, you don't have to tell him everything because you're an adult now. You know, like you can seek after your own experiences before you start sharing it with people, you know? Yeah. But I also love that you, this whole time you're being so compassionate towards them because you do understand that they're operating from what they know 
and you just know differently now, but that doesn't make you like better or any, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just love that you are being so compassionate that you get that they just haven't had the same experiences as you. And I think that's such a great example for all of us that even when someone's upset with us, we don't have to get mad back. We can just be compassionate to like, man, they just see things differently and that's okay. Oh, that's so true. Yes. You're a great example. I love the way you guys make everything make sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do. We can. <laughs> so, I, and I started to think too, like, oh, I'm brave. Like they're brave. Like my mom left Catholicism to be Christian and her family didn't like that. And my dad left RLDS to be Christian and his family didn't like that. I heard his family didn't talk to him for two years when he stopped. Interesting. And, so, That's and, like, interesting. and here Ooh. I am doing the same thing. I'm just following Jesus too. I just, Jesus has led me here. You know, like, I don't know why, but we're all learning things outside of what our parents taught us, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and I didn't think they had to be Mormon. Like I was still happy that they were, like using the language that they're speaking, they're blessing hundreds of thousands of people. They don't have to do what I'm doing, you know? So he's mad. And then I still keep leaving out, um, like I'll mark the book of Mormon and I'll leave it in the bathroom. And then my mom was like, I read that verse in the book of Mormon that you strategically marked for me to find, (laughs) which I totally did. And she goes, and you know what? If I had never heard of Jesus before, that book would have led me to the same Jesus. Oh. And I was like, oh. Like backhanded and also like very poignant. Like she's like, I guess it (laughs) could have worked. But also at the same time, it's like, yeah, see? Yeah. It's it's basically like, I know that book is pretend and that book is made up and there's no historical proof behind it. But had I not had Jesus at all, it would have led me to the same Jesus. Sure, sure. You can tell that the man who wrote that read the Bible a lot. Like I copied the Bible or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, that's progress. This is building a bridge, you know? <laughs> yeah. She's not saying that's the wrong Jesus, obviously, you know? And, um, and it was hard because that whole year that it was a secret that no one knew, um, they were talking bad about Mormons all the time. And it started to feel like a punch in my gut, you know, because they didn't know that I believed and they didn't want to hurt my feelings. And I never said rude things to Mormons faces either, but I talked negatively behind their back. So I just, I don't know. I felt like it was, it was karma for me being so rude about them. Like now I was them, you know, it's like very humbling to join the people that you're against. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I learned my lesson. I don't want to talk bad about anybody anymore, you know? So when they finally found out, it started to come out, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, I really like going to Mormon church. And I tried to keep I tried to go with them to theirs because they would start to try to like my mom started to leave anti-Mormon books on my bed again. And uh, they, then my sister found out and she was crying and speaking in tongues and took me to an anti-Mormon service and was like rubbing my back and crying while I was listening to it. And I know she loves me, but it, it's like, as I was listening to this anti-Mormon service at this mega church here in the Valley, that uh, I just thought I already know all this anti-Mormon stuff. I listened to all of this for 29 years and it doesn't serve me. I I don't even see it that way anymore. Or he's got it backwards or he's got it right. And that's actually in the Bible. Like I couldn't hear it the same way. And so at the end of his sermon, he's like, go find a Mormon missionary and, and ask him all these questions I asked you. And in my brain, I'm like, yeah, go ask him. Then maybe you'll be converted to Mormonism because it makes a ton of sense. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? You should ask him and see how it goes. Yeah. Go ask karma. Go ask karma. Right, right. But it was hard. It was really heartbreaking because my family is really loving and kind and good and they love Jesus and they love me. And it was devastating for them to think that I left the right Jesus for this cult, you know? Yeah, it had to have been very scary for them. Yeah. I think there's a lesson to be learned there too when some of our own children, though, leave even our religion. Um, You know, really honoring people's agency and their path and where they're going and like, it's scary but also like really important for everybody's own progression like yes give it time be patient be prayerful and just love them yes right and to let them know that your love for them is not conditioned upon what church they go to regardless of what church it is right and and none of it like whatever they do like my daughter got caught stealing some monies from her brother and I was like look you know grown-ups who still go to jail and she's like will you visit me if I go to jail? And I'm like, I will always love you, my little thief. Like, I mean, oh, you know what I mean? Like, and then she's like, I'm a thief. I'm like, no, we're not owning this identity, friends. I'm just saying, like, whatever you do, I will love you. Like, 
But I just think, I love what Julie said, that we just need to let our kids know that we're a safe space and we love them regardless of whatever it is they do because it's not conditioned on the choices they make. Right. And I still totally understand your parents because there's a, especially like they had not had any change of mind or heart. So that is very scary because this means very serious things for you. Yeah, it's very scary. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember my dad got really angry. And I think the root of anger is fear, you know, because he loves me. I know yes. he loves me. But he totally. came in, he came in so angry and he's like, Why do you want to be a Mormon? Don't you think I know more than you? I was Mormon and and I was like, and I had to be brave because I was, all I wanted to do was say, okay, I'm sorry. I, uh, please forgive me. And I'll do what you say. And I'll join back with you and, and I'll make it make sense again. You know, but I just said, dad, like, of course I think, you know, more. Than you have a doctorate in religious studies. You are a pastor of a 6,000 member church. You're a full-time faculty member at Grand Canyon university. You speak Greek and Hebrew. Of course, I think, you know, more than me, but like, this is where Jesus is leading me and he's teaching me so many good things here. And like, and, and what you're doing is spiritual abuse. Cause I was reading about like codependency and spiritual abuse and how, yeah. Uh, and he's like, well, what does that mean? Show me. And I handed him a book on codependency and the chapter on spiritual abuse. It's, it's just like, cause my dad would say like, I'll pray for you and tell you what God wants or, or he would tell me what God wants, but he never let me figure out for myself what God was saying to me, you know? Anyway, he took, yeah. that, he took that book and he read that chapter and he never bothered me about it again. So I think that was gross on his part. He like read, he was like humble enough totally. instead of saying, I don't need this book. I do know more than you can't, you know, he read it and he took it to heart and he left me alone. And so then I was allowed to keep learning without like being picked on, you know? Sure. And, Cause again, uh, that's what he knows. Like when we know better, we do better. And if that's not even something that ever had occurred to him before, because Really, why would it? Like, a lot of us don't know about a lot of these terms and a lot of these things because we just don't know. So if yeah. he doesn't know, like, of course he's going to do that because, of course, that's what he knows. So then he learns something different, and he's like, oh, and shifted. Like, that's really yeah. powerful. Yeah, yeah, it shows how actually, like, how intellectually brave and, like, he really was as a person because a lot of us want to run away from that. Yeah, that's oh, true. Totally. good point. Totally. And so then um, I would say for that next year, it was kind of quiet. Like I stopped getting the ex, the anti-Mormon books. We stopped arguing. Oh, I, I just was, I went to therapy a lot and I was um, trying different antidepressant medications. And this, that's a long story, but I just ended up saying, you know, I can't debate about religion anymore. I, I have like religious trauma syndrome. I need to not debate about religion for just one year. I need a break. Like I can't, like I wanted to start to connect because I told Karma, like, I don't feel like I have anything in common with my family anymore because I'm Mormon and they're not. And she's like, but Stephanie, being a Mormon is just a small part of who you are. There's so much more to you. Like connect with them on everything else. And I was like, oh, okay. I love oh. Karma so yeah. much. Excuse me. And so I, that I need to meet Karma. It, it helped because my sister was like, I'm afraid you're judging me. And I was like, well, I'm afraid you're judging me. And she's like, well, I thought you hated me. And I was like, well, I thought you hated me because I remember <laughs> hating Mormons and now I'm a Mormon. So of course I think my Christian friends hate me. Yeah. And, um, and then she's like, I don't hate you. I love you. I'm worried about you. And, and then her mind, she reasoned away. She's like, well, I figured out that the Lord must've taken you there and someday you'll help deliver the Mormons, <laughs> you know? Perfect. And I just thought, yes, you're the under, undercover spy. For the yeah. church. And I just yes. thought that's her love language. And that's yeah. how she's reasoned that it's so that I'm gonna be okay. And anything yeah. that she needs to believe to make sense. And maybe I will. And I have helped some Mormons who've had to leave leave. I'm like, it's okay. God still loves you. Don't be scared. You know, yeah. He'll bring you back in time if you're supposed to be here, or or you'll go speak another language and encourage all the Christians. I don't know. You know, some are coming in, some are coming out. So I don't know. Um but I just thought it was sweet to watch everybody kind of change to accept me, you know? Yeah, that's huge growth for them to be able to do and kind of a cool experience that Heavenly Father led them on too. Like it didn't lead them where that he didn't lead them where they let where he led you. But like mm -hmm. you saw an immense growth, which is really nice because anytime we're getting into and this happens in Mormon culture, too, where you're getting into like the rules of the of. Uh, the letter of the law, right? And we just get in that rotation of it. And that's where they were at. Like Mormons believe this, Mormons believe that. Like what a huge spiritual growth for their spirit. Their spirit started to understand like more and see more. That's kind of a cool thing that yeah. they went through that transformation too. Yeah, yeah. And they all started saying like, 
oh, well, we've been meeting Mormons now. And instead of saying, oh, here's dad's book, it's, oh, my sister's a Mormon, you know, like, and so it was starting to build the bridge. Like they were able to meet these people instead oh, of just turning them away like I always did. And my dad, so then I ended up giving my state conference talk and then sharing that with my dad, like, hey, dad, I spoke to 5,000 people. And he's like, really? Tell me your story. I told him my whole conversion story. And he just hugged me. He was so excited for me. And then he, um, and this was before I was married to Mormon. So then I married Johnny a year later. Where did you meet Johnny? Let's go. So I married Johnny because I had my first nursing job and I worked with a coworker named Angela. She was anti-Mormon Christian, anti-Mormon Christian. Uh, so at that point I had been a Mormon for a year in secret. And then I had been a Mormon for a year while everybody was mad and sad and scared and crying and fasting or just not talking about it. And then, and so I learned, okay, I'm not going to tell people I'm Mormon anymore. I'm just going to keep it a secret and just connect on all the way things we connect on. Like Karma said. So I meet Angela. She says, I'm a Christian. I go to this mega church. I'm like, Oh, I used to go to that mega church. My dad's a pastor telling her truths, but not that I'm a Mormon. (laughs) So then she says, so we become friends one day she comes in and says, Hey, the missionaries tried to help me move into my apartment last night. They're a cult, you know? And I was like, I'm going to be brave and tell her the truth. And she'll probably hate me and I'll lose a friend, but I can't keep lying, you know? And so I was like, well, I used to think that too, but I actually joined two years ago. She's like, what? How could you (laughs) know they're a cult? I'm like, yes, I know. I was raised anti-Mormon, but and I just said the first thing that came into my head, but they believe in the preexistence. Did you know that? That's in the Bible. Like he knew us before we were in our mother's womb. And she starts crying immediately. And like, oh, that's the Holy Spirit teaching you something. You're crying. She's like, I thought we existed before we came. And I tried to tell my Christian teachers. And they said, that's not true. That's not biblical. That's blasphemy. And I was like, oh, well, then maybe you've been prepared to hear more truth. Because, you know, my missionaries told me um, that Heavenly Father prepares you. And when you're ready to, to hear, you'll hear. And so maybe you've been prepared. Maybe you should meet with those missionaries that asked you to meet with them. Because this isn't something I have to sell you on. This is the Lord's church. And he's already orchestrated the missionaries you're supposed to meet in your area. That's what I like about this church is it, it just runs itself. I don't have to sell it. You know, I don't have yeah. to be there at her door because the people in her area will be, you know. And so she's like, oh, okay, maybe I will. So she invited them in. She's like, you know, on my car. Wow said you should come in so come in and and it just so happened that that missionary had a limp that reminded her of house her favorite show and so like she loved him and she loved it and she got baptized in 30 days <laughs> just like me and so she and she was working at a coffee shop and she was living with her boyfriend and we were drinking wine together because I was still like drinking I was still doing meeting with the bishop and sneaking to church but also living with in my world of no Mormon so I still wasn't doing all of it right but I loved the church and so she gave up wine she gave up her coffee job she moved out of her boyfriend's house and she got baptized and I was like whoa if she can do it I can do it you know (laughs) and uh, she's like will you come and speak at my baptism and I said yes and I went and spoke at her baptism and that's where I met Johnny and we got married 30 days after we met wow I know so I think I'm so happy that story yeah, I'm so happy that I told her and I'm so happy that she joined and I'm so happy because I was still kind of one foot in, one foot out. I, I loved the Mormons, but I was struggling because when I would go back to my world, there were no Mormons, none of my friends, none of my family, you know, it was just, it was hard. And so and I was actually still trying to get the approval of my parents. So I started dating a pastor's kid that was not Mormon. He, his dad was a pastor of a 10,000 member church. Um, my dad was a pastor of a 6,000 member church. He was evangelical. He was, um, he was anti-Mormon, but not as anti as me because his dad didn't have roots escaping RLDS, you know? So he's like, well, I don't care that you're Mormon. That's fine. You can be Mormon on Saturdays and then we can go to mega churches on Sundays. And I was like, ah, oh. and then he was struggling with things. I didn't want to marry again. Like, uh, just things that the church helps you stop, you know, <laughs> like drinking. Yeah things like that um and so I just I just kept I felt like I was being I felt like I was offered everything I ever wanted as a kid I was offered this wealthy pastor's son he was flying me to Vegas all the time buying me all these sexy clothes you know gambling and drinking we're adults you know but and then my my parents would be proud of me because I married a pastor's kid and we were looking at houses and and I just thought 
uh, it's like everything I used to want, but, but now I wanted something else. Now I wanted to be home with my kids, having more kids. And every time I went to Mormon church, I just felt like I came alive. I felt like that's who I really was. It brought out all the good in me. It was helping me grow up and turn into a, a grown up. you know? I mean, I didn't want to sit in the bars and be sexy. I wanted to be, I wanted to put on my garments and dress modestly and build who I was inside. I wanted to grow up and I wanted to lead others and I wanted to be proud of myself. And so when I would go out with that pastor's son and then he would drink and then I would drink because of the codependency thing, just if they're doing it, I do it. And then I was sick. So I went to her baptism and I felt sick. I felt hungover and I was speaking, but I was still speaking what I believe. Like I still believe in the church because I'm hungover. It doesn't mean I don't love this church, you know? So I get up there and I'm speaking and I'm just like, you know, this is who I really am. And this is what I really want to be. And I can't keep doing this. I can't be a Mormon if I'm not married to a Mormon, you know? And Karma said, if you want to marry a Mormon, you got to date Mormons, you know? So she signed me up for LDS planet and she tried to help. She, and my bishop was like, you can date Mormons. You can date lots of Mormons because they're not trying to have sex with you. So you could date a lot of them all at once. So then you see <laughs> who you actually fit with and say no, you know, like, and choose the one that you want. And so I ended up um, breaking up with that boy that day of her baptism. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, when I'm with a non-member, I drink. And when I drink, I don't. I, I start to drift away from the church and I start to feel insane and the closer I am to the church the saner I feel and the farther away the more insane I feel so I dumped him and I went on a date with Johnny and we hung out for 30 days straight sober so it's like different when you're raised in a world where everyone's drinking all the time it's hard to get to know who they really are who you really are and how you really interact together but when you're sober and I had been in therapy for a while then So I, and he had been in therapy for a while and we were sober for 30 days. We got to see who we really were. And I loved who I was with him. I loved that I could be honest and want to be good and want to live the gospel. And, you know, I wanted to get married in the temple and I didn't want to have alcohol in my home and I wanted to have more kids and, and he wanted all the same things. And then I got to meet his family and he got to meet my family. And I knew that like, however he treats his mom is how he's going to treat you. And he treated his mom so well and his sisters and all his nieces and nephews it just, he was such a good person. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I didn't want. And he was everything I wanted. And he said, would you marry me this quickly? And he asked me like 11 days after we met. And I was like, I don't know. Let's, let's sit down for two hours and write everything that we want out of life. And so we just wrote for two hours and on like tons and tons of notebook paper. And then we both read each other, everything we wanted. And we wanted all the same things. And I was uh, 30 at that time. I think he was 27. And so I was like, yeah, I think I would marry you. <laughs> so we did. We got married. We eloped. Where did you go? We went to the Gilbert Courthouse. <laughs> and we just signed the papers. And on our way there, his sister called him and said, are you still coming over to dinner? And he's like, oh, actually, I'm getting married. She's like, what? I'm going to meet you. And I hadn't, I hadn't met her. I hadn't met her. And so she just came and took our pictures. And um, then my... I told my family and they were like, how could you marry a Mormon? I'm like, well, <laughs> like we knew you wouldn't like it. So we just eloped, but it was a risk. It was risky, but luckily it worked out. We've been married seven years now. Um, they gave me a, a Christian wedding 30 days later. My mom said, well, I still would like to give you a wedding because we never got to give you a wedding with your first husband either. I eloped with him too. And so uh, they had a Christian wedding for me. So my dad could do the service because he did my th- three other sisters weddings And then we had a reception in the Mormon ward and some of the Christians wouldn't come to the reception because they didn't want to support Mormonism, but they did come to the Christian church wedding because they wanted to support the Christian marriage. And um, when I was dancing with my dad, this is the most beautiful part to me. I remember dancing in the Mormon ward at my reception in my modest wedding dress that I borrowed from his sister who like four of the sisters had worn the same wedding dress and I luckily fit in it and we're dancing and my dad's like, he, you know, he's meeting all of Johnny's family. We're taking family photos. My family gets up and it's like all kind of small, a lot of divorces, very few kids. And then Johnny's family gets up and it's like, he's the youngest of 10 kids. They're all married with five kids each. They're all happy and alive. And I'm just like, wow, the comparison is just so huge. And uh, then my dad said, I'm really glad you listened to yourself and joined these good people. This did end up being a God thing. We're really glad that you and Jenny are so safe with these good people. And we just love you and we're happy for you. And I just, I thought, did hell freeze over? Because I am dancing with my dad in a Mormon ward, marrying a Mormon. And he's saying I made the right choice by not listening to him. <laughs> wow. 
And, uh, and then he, he ended up, my dad, my sweet, sweet dad, he started meeting with the missionaries and meeting with my brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws and asking them all kinds of questions like, okay, so what do you actually believe? What do the Mormon doctrines believe? He wanted to make sure I was going to heaven, you know, and he ended up changing the name of his class and his chapter to Mormonism and Christianity instead of Mormonism versus Christianity. And he started saying, Mormons are Christians too. Let's work with them and not against them and bring Jesus to people who don't have him at all. And I just thought that was beautiful. He changed what he believed to fit me into his idea of heaven. And um, I thought that was the greatest act of love because it's easy to love people who believe the same as you, but it's not easy to believe, you know, to love people who believe opposite of you, you know? Yeah. What do you feel like now, seeing your life now, how making these choices and like being your own person and accepting the gospel and things like that, like what are some of the biggest blessings that you see? I definitely think it was the right choice for me. I love it. I love the modesty and the sobriety and they love Jesus and being love. And every Sunday we get dressed up and sit together and I just sit together with my kind, loving, faithful husband and my kids. And I'm just so grateful. And I just love all these nice people I meet. I get to teach, I get to serve in the, young women's presidency my kids get to do speeches every in primary my husband plays piano in primary I don't, there's just so much love and forgiveness and acceptance and I don't feel a need to save anyone anymore I can just love everybody right where they're at you know I don't feel like I have to make everyone Mormon I feel like everyone is learning and we'll just continue learning after we die Stephanie we are I'm so grateful I have been riveted <laughs> let me just tell you being able to experience someone else's conversion story and your own broadening of your mind. I just love seeing how Heavenly Father works with us as we get older. I feel like when we're little, we live in these tiny clouds of, of growth that we're just trying to like figure out how we interact with the world, how the world interacts with us. And then as we get to be adults, the fun part of the adult part is like our brain opening up and like unpicking all those clouds and like shining light on the places that don't make sense and like Mm -hmm. throwing away the stuff that seems like garbage. And I've just been so blessed and so happy to hear all of the like wonderful growth that you've made personally in your life. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'm just wondering if you can share with us, as we depart ways, how <laughs> best like your testimony of the savior and how the savior has changed you and helped you grow and who you are now. Oh gosh. Okay. This sounds so huge. All right. Well, I really, I'm grateful that I was raised with the foundation of Jesus and a love for Jesus that my dad gave me. And that as I got older, I wanted to learn more about him. I was able to learn even more at the Mormon church at the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. Mm -hmm. And um, I really do feel like the Lord led me here. I've learned so much and been able to grow up here. And now I have all the tools that I need to teach my kids, all the things that the savior taught, you know, to, to love one another and to forgive and to just become better each day to do our best. And it's okay if we're not perfect, he still loves us. And, uh, but I'm just so grateful that I, that he led me here and, to all of these good people and that it's a safe place for my to raise my family and to continue helping me grow all the way up into like even when I'm elderly like there's there's always a place in the church for everybody of every age and I'm just and I, sometimes I don't know what to teach my kids and I feel like they give like kind of I guess just looking back I realized how he was there all along and that each phase was just leading me to the next one and he was providing all the time and just preparing me to come and join with all these other people that know him and love him so much. And as I hear your story too, I just feel like Annie's pointed this out numerous times, but I feel like we can see how much love and guidance is provided for us. We, I, sometimes people, we were talking about how like life isn't a test and like God isn't necessarily making all of the terrible things happen, Mm -hmm. but your life is a true example of all of the beautiful things that God and heaven and Jesus Christ provided for you. Like Mm -hmm. people put in the right place and like things happening at the right time and the right energy and like you being open enough to like embrace it and to take it. And like, I think as we're like moving through this life, understanding that like Jesus Christ has our best interest at heart, right? Mm -hmm. There's got to be a piece of them as like, our brother and as our father that's sitting there just going, 
guys, I know like this is hard. Mm-hmm. You're going to have an alcoholic ex-husband. You're going to have this dependency with alcohol. You're going to have all of these things. And like, when I hear your story, I just feel so edified by the idea that like Jesus Christ understood what you specifically needed. He understood the path you needed to take the sincerity and the love that you felt wrapped up in the like Mormon church and in people that led with the light of Jesus Christ, but like in a very unique and like specific way built for Stephanie. Yep. It's just really encouraging. Custom built just for you. So true. And yeah. And I just remembering sometimes sitting in front of bishops feeling so loved and they give me such wisdom and I just look up and there's a picture of Jesus right above their shoulder. I'm like, ah, you orchestrated this, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you knew. Uh, And like you said, like that's such a beautiful message for all of us that even if they, maybe they're not quite as grand or extreme in certain ways, like Heavenly Father has custom designed all of our opportunities for conversion, right? He's provided all these opportunities because there's no end to amount of heartache we can go through, but all of that heartache is designed to bring us to our knees. All of it. That's the point of all the things we go through is to bring us back to him. And I just love that you found that through that. Yeah. You also might really be surprised. Like sometimes it takes talking to another person for you to see all of the glory that's around you. Cause like even the way you've pointed out a few things today, Annie, like I didn't see it necessarily that way. And then, you know, as Stephanie's talking, I was like, oh my gosh, like, she's right. Like, this is the way it needed to happen. Or like, it's just, it's built with such, such love and such honor and like peace of like going, okay, I know it all in your time. Like, here's all in my, you know, it'll, it'll work out. It'll be okay. I just thought it was really beautiful. That was a message I took really strongly from this whole interview was like, God loves Stephanie. Jesus Christ loves Stephanie. And like, wanted to honor her path and her her conversion and her coming to Jesus in a new way. I just thought that was really right. special. And you make a good point too that in sharing our story, there's levels of healing and wisdom and comfort. Like there's so many powerful things that come from sharing a story. Like you said, there's maybe some perspectives that you hadn't seen in your own life or whatever. And and then also we're gaining so much from Stephanie's story and the people listening, I guarantee are also going to get benefit from the story. So I think that to wrap up today, I think it will be awesome for everyone listening to remember is that share your story. It matters. Please know that God is aware of every single piece of your life and that everything you're going through is to bring you closer to him. And if you can kind of focus on those things, like it will make a huge difference in your life. Stephanie, we're so grateful for you being here. You are incredible. Um, we may need to bring karma in and do an yeah. episode with karma. I mean, because <laughs> I'm also very inspired to like be a better member. Yes. Oh, I want to be like karma. I want to be the karma in this story. So maybe we need a an encore with karma. I would love be that. Amazing. It'd be so fun. Um, okay. Well, thank you for being here. We love you guys so so very much. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, we, we love, you. love you. Thanks for being here today. If you like the podcast, the best way to support it is to leave a review and a five star rating. If you're looking for a life coach or just want to 